This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Thursday, December 27th, and the new year is just right around the corner. What is it, five days away? That's coming, and then we'll get done with 2018, and I will say good riddance to 2018. Because for us people in the stock market, 2018 has not been a very good year. It just hasn't. Even though we had a good day, very good day yesterday, and a pretty good day today, the year kind of stinks. So we'll be moving on to 2019. Thank you very much. I'm Steve Peaslin, and I thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. Our daily objective here is to make you above average investor. That's what we want. Make you an above average investor. And that's going to help you achieve your goals of becoming rich. We all want to become rich, don't we? And I promise I will give you unbiased opinions and insights the best I can. And along the way, I also welcome your investment questions because that's what drives the show. You, what you want to hear, what you want to talk about. So to get through to Invest Talk, you can call right now and call our anytime listener lines open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 888-99-CHART. We're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time, so you can call and ask your questions directly. Now, we had a record point move yesterday, but did you notice the market opened up down, and it was down over 500 points at one point this morning. Did you see that? It was a sea of red. All the Dow 30 were down, every one of them. Down about one and a, one and a, oh, about 1.4% or so at its worst. Then, toward the end of the day, it all came roaring back. It ended up being up. Dow was up 260 points, adding to that 1,000 points yesterday. And the NASDAQ was up 25, so that was not much of a rebound for them, but it was up. And the, and the S&P was up 21. Those, those, those are good numbers following such a big update. I totally expected the market to give that, some of that back today. And it did initially, but then... I guess investors decided it was still cheap enough for them to buy. This is a relief rally. Now, a relief rally means that we were oversold. Too many people were too negative, too fast. So then you have a, it's like stretching a rubber band. The rubber band bounced back. And that's what we're dealing with now. I expected it to be the first part of January, but it came early. No one knows when these things are going to happen. Now, the question is, after this relief rally, where do we go from there? That's the big question. And no one is quite sure. I'm not sure. No one really knows. Anyway, so you do realize that this relief rally, the big rally starting yesterday, and even the big down day on Christmas Eve, that half the, wall, half the traders and investors on Wall Street are gone. And they'll be gone next week, too. So you're dealing with much smaller group of traders and investors, and they tend to make the market more volatile. They do, because there's fewer of them. So up and down is faster. So where do you go from here? You know, do you hide from this volatility? Do you hide by going to utilities or maybe gold stocks? You know, to try to hide from the, the high volatility we're seeing? I don't, if you're not already there, I don't know if I would worry about it. Now, yesterday's market rally was most likely due to the 
you know, the, the impetus for it was due to the strong holiday sales. That was most likely the reason why everybody got excited. Ooh, look how big that was. It was very large, up the best we've seen in years. So the market liked that kind of stuff. And of course, it could be, it could be from program trading, computerized trading program software too. When something gets oversold, it tends to go the other way. So, what do you want to talk about? Listen, did you see what European stocks have been doing? They failed to sustain the optimism from our stock market, and the SOC's European 600 index lost 1.5%. All sectors in the European markets were negative. So, and this probably is related to the weakness of their economy. Not, not anything to do with us, really. I think it's their own problems they're dealing with. 5.6 trillion Asian stock market, that, that's how much was lost there. 5.6 trillion dollars. So three days of Asian equity trading left the year and low volumes across the board. Traders don't seem to be taking any chances there in the Asian market. You're having that, you know, we look great compared to these other parts of the world. And we're in our stock market done, hadn't had a good year at all. But we haven't had the, nearly the woes these other Europe and Asia have had. We haven't had their problems. Our economy is better. Now, China's economy is still growing, but the growth is shrinking. And it's probably going to continue to shrink. The growth, the growth rate will shrink. I think it's down to 6% now. Not too long ago, not too many years ago, it was 10, 12%. Not, 10 years ago, it was 20%. Well, the law, law of large numbers is catching up with them. And, you know, they got a lot more internal problems than anybody or they let on, you know, in their economy. The communist system, economic system, has problems because... The, the central government directs what they want to do. And we want to build this, and we want to make that. And it's not very efficient. They tend to overbuild or in, uh, build improperly or oversupply. They, they just do. Because there's no profit mo motive. The profit motive is very... That, that for our companies, the profit motive controls everything. There, the profit motive is not in charge. They don't have a free economic system. It's not the profit motive that drives supply and demand there. You know, it's more, let me, that, what, what do the central government, what does the central government want? What do they want to see? And that drives the, everything. And that's not, it's not sustainable. It can be last many, many, many years, but it's not sustainable. So as you can tell, there's always lots of news every day. We can talk about it. But, of course, your you, your call on our Anytime Listener Line is what's important. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Yeah, my name's Ty. I'm from New Orleans. Um, I had a question about ACB um, or cannabis stock. And if you guys think that it's a smart investment for long term or is there a better one that is out there in that industry? And if there is course, let me know. Thanks, man. And I'll listen to the program a all the time. Thank you. Okay, what was the stock? I, it sounded like ACD. Was that the symbol? Because I'm not coming up with ACB. 
B. Okay, let's see. ACB. Okay, Aurora Cannabis. Of course, we're talking about marijuana stock. Everybody seems to be in love with marijuana stocks, and I'm not getting it. I, 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 I think the industry will keep growing, but most of those marijuana stocks are going to go out of business. Most of them will fail. Most of them. It reminds me of the dot-com era where everybody got so excited about all the dot-com stocks coming out and they started trading, publicly traded because there was such a huge demand. Everybody thought they were going to be rich, rich, rich. And then what happened? 2000 comes along and 80% or plus of those dot-com stocks went out of business. This kind of reminds me of the same kind of thing. Everybody thinks that cannabis is going to take off because Canada... Uh, um, legalized it and several states in the United States legalized it. Oh my goodness, this is where the opportunity is. And there is opportunity. That That's what makes it so scary. Everybody, there is opportunity, but there, there way too many companies think they're going to make it their, their fortune in these things. So this one is Aurora, Aurora's Cannabis. It's kind of on the larger side compared to the rest. $4.9 billion in size, which is a pretty good market cap. But does it support it with earnings? Well, they're going to make 15 cents a share this year and then 8 cents a share next year and 10 cents a share the year after. Okay, sales are growing very, very fast. 200% plus for the last five quarters of growth in sales. So, but the sales is only $30 million a quarter. That's the highest and that's the most recent. And it's a $4.9 billion company. So we're talking about uh, what, uh, 120 million to 10 times. If the price to sales ratio is huge, too high, way too high. Not enough sales. Price or the price is too high. The stock price. Return equity is only eight percent. That's not very good. So you have a company that is growing nicely. But it's very expensive. They're only going to make 10 cents in two years per share. 10 cents. And you give it a 20, 30 PE, 40 P, Give it, you know, if you give it 100 P, that's $10. So if you give it a 50 P, that's $5. 50 P, that's what it is about right now. $5.10 is the stock price. Seems to be too expensive. Now, it has come off. It used to be $12. It was $12 a share in October. Now it's 5 now, it is still very expensive, but from a charting point of view, if it can hold $4.50, that's a good buy point from a chart point of view, as long as it can keep up the sales and continue to grow fast. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I want to invite you to join me and Justin for our next free live webinar. Guess what? That's tonight, 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, tonight. Volatility can be your enemy or your friend. It comes down to making the right decisions when our, when opportunities present themselves, which they always do in a bear market. Are we in a bear market? Very close. Okay, this one reason. This is one, just one reason why you should pay, take part tonight. We've been in a lot of volatility. It'll help. It'll help you understand what's going on. But you do have to register at investtalk.com. We're heading to a quick one-minute break, and of course, I'm taking your questions now at 888-99-CHART. Christmas is over. 
and New Year's is only five days away. So as we continue through the final trading sessions of 2018, this might be a good time to make sure your investments are performing as well as they should be. Well, you can get a head start and learn more anytime at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve is here and is ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Cherie in San Mateo. Hi, doing, Cherie? Cherie? You there? Okay, let's go to John. How you doing, John? Good. Thanks for taking my call, Steve. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you about a couple of stocks I know you're familiar with, um, NGG and SO. And I'm wondering, of, of the two, mm-hmm. which you like better for long-term uh, dividends? Okay, both those are electric power companies, and we own both of those in our managed accounts. Uh, so let's take a quick look. I, I I know which one I like better off the top of my head, and that would be SO, but I want to look at NGG. Um, um, NGG, they're going to make $4.01 next year after making $3.81 this year, and they made $4.12 last year. And it's a 6.5% dividend. The dividend is not in danger that, you you know, the cash flow is really large. The dividend is very large. And for them to pay a 6%, mm-hmm. you know, is all they needed to make is about $2.50 a share and make four. So they have quite a bit of money for the dividend. So the dividend is not in danger uh, at all. SO mm-hmm. pays a little bit less dividend, but they're stronger. They're, 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 uh, they're, Growth rate is a bit stronger, even though it's not high. Don't get me wrong, it's not high. Their, their growth rate is a little bit better than NGG. But their 5.5% dividend is very similar. I mean, it's a $43 stock paying 5%. That's about $2.50, and they're earning $3 a share. So it's not in danger there, but NGG's dividend is probably more secure because of their their payout ratio is much less than the payout ratio for Southern. Payout ratio, everybody, means how much of their earnings they're paying out in dividends. And NGG's payout ratio is better than Southern Company. Okay? Thanks, John. Appreciate the call. This is Invest Talk, the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go to Gene in North Carolina. How you doing, Gene? Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I know that recently you. you like the you like the um, sector of uh, gold and gold miners, and I'm wondering how you feel about uh-huh. silver and silver miners. I like them just as well. I think uh, I think gold might perform a little bit better than silver, but I like silver because it's got utility that gold doesn't. In other words. You can use it for stuff. Where gold, you only use it for holding on to and maybe some jewelry. You know, that's it. 
Uh, yeah, they use a little bit of gold and computer monitors and computer. Yeah, I know all that. But basically, you know, there's a lot more utility in silver than there is gold. Therefore, I like it because of that. And this Aberdeen uh, uh, symbol SIVR tracks the daily price of silver bullion, this ETF. So, um, it, of course, it popped up the last couple of days because it's a precious metal. And, you know, and as you see that it has bottomed and it test, retested the bottom in November and now it's coming off. So, I kind of like it. Gold is is performing a little bit better than silver, but I still like both of them, Gene. Yeah, silver it, in general is a lot more thinly traded and probably a lot more volatile, right? Probably, yes. You can tell that by the uh, ETF where it's gapping around up and down. You know, But if you look at GLD, which is the gold, tracking gold, you'll see that it doesn't gap as much. Still got gaps, though. But I like gold. The gold miners is what I told you. Which, by the way, they also mine for silver. But you know, you know. But I, I like the gold miners for some reason because, well, not for some reason, for a specific reason. Because if gold goes up, you know, a percentage, usually gold miners go up more, the faster. They also go down. But I, but I'm betting on the upside on gold and silver right now. And I'm not a big gold and silver buyer. That's not my. I just don't like them long term, but I think when the opportunity is there, you take you take advantage of the opportunity. Gene, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Our main talking point today: an expert's opinion. China is counting on its trade surplus in its battle for supremacy. They have a huge trade surplus, and they're counting on it. Okay, they're using it. They're using it to compete with the United States. They want to become preeminent. I mean. You remember a number of weeks ago, I talked about the size of, of the economies, and ours is 2019 is going to be about 21.5 trillion. China is 14.2 trillion, and that's we're number one. They're number two, and everybody likes talking about Russia. Russia is a third world country as far as economic size, 1.6 trillion. Brazil's bigger than them. France is almost twice as big as them. The United Kingdom is twice as big as them. Germany is like three times as big as them. Italy is twice as big as them. We're talking about Russia. Russia is small. Spain is just a little bit behind Russia. Look how tiny Spain is in landmass, and look how big Russia is. See, Russia is a very tiny company. Our competitor is not Russia. It's China. Now, people are going to say, well, but Russia has nuclear weapons. Well, so does China. <laughs> I mean... So, you know, China thinks that they're not our friends. They're, they're our competitor, just like, just like Russia is. But Russia is tiny. So, China is using that surplus. What are they doing? They're building up their military. They're, become, they, they're putting military bases on islands in the China South Sea. They're trying to, you know, they're, they're trying to increase their influence every day in Asia, all around all the islands, everywhere around Asia. And they do it different ways, sometimes with intimidation, but most of the time it's with their money. They lend little countries, Sri Lanka-like. They lend money to them and they get in so debt that they're beholden to China. That's how they do it. They're using that. I think the battle with China uh, economically that Trump is waging has been long overdue. 
long overdue. I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about competing with us in the world. Why do we let them have such a big advantage? We shouldn't. We shouldn't. That's been going on for 20, 30 years. Republican president, Democrat president, Republican Congress, Democrat Congress, doesn't matter. We just let them roll along. And we're finally battling them. That's what we should be doing. And you got, you know, Republicans and Democrats both are disagreeing how to c- confront this, and most time it's been ignored. But China, don't don't mistake, they're using that huge trade surplus. They're spending that money, that huge money, and they will need that trade surplus. Do you think it's going to be easy to try to reduce it? They don't want to reduce it. They use, they need that money. They need that money to to continue to expand their influence. We are in a battle with China. An economic battle, which is just very, just as important sometimes as a real battle. It's, and and we got to be very careful with what we do. We're finally paying attention for the first time for ever. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, concerns over a trade war have brought, brought unexpected bonus. More trade. West Coast ports are busy as retailers push to beat new tariffs, but this could change soon, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. As 2018 comes to a close, here's an opportunity for you to tune up your investing skill set while you get a focused look at the year ahead. KPP Financial is proud to invite you to participate in a new InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, Risk Management in a Changing Market, and a 2019 market preview. This exciting free online event happens live at 6.30 Pacific time tonight. All you need to do is register. Join KPP principals and InvestTalk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, as they explain how you can protect your portfolio in an all new webinar. I'm Steve Peasley. Volatility can be your enemy or your friend. It comes down to making the right decisions when opportunities present themselves, which they always do in a bear market. Join Justin and I for our next free webinar, 6.30 Pacific Time, tonight. You are listening to InvestTalk, and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein invite you to join them for their next free live wealth webinar. Tonight, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. They will help you understand the current market environment and develop a plan to manage the risk in your portfolio. Plus, get a special webinar preview of 2019 and learn where to expect to find investment opportunities. It's an all-new live webinar, and it's free. All you have to do is register at investtalk.com. Okay. You've got finance and investment questions, and the lines are open. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Lee in San Mateo. How you doing, Lee? I'm doing fine, and happy holidays, Keith, and thank you for taking my call. I I have about $15,000 loss in stocks that sold. And I guess I could uh-huh. sell some good stocks to offset the loss. 
but I would rather not right. do that. And I was wondering, Don't do what it. happened to this loss? Uh, can I carry okay. over next year and get full credit? Or is it better to sell some good stocks to offset the loss this year? Now, if you want to hold on to those stocks, you hold on to those stocks. Don't sell good stocks just to apply so you have losses because you can carry forward the losses, okay? You get to carry those losses forever until you use them up against capital gains. Capital losses apply to capital gains, long-term against long-term and short-term against short-term. And, Lee, you can use $3,000 of your capital loss to reduce your adjusted gross income for taxes next year. So you can use 3000 of it. Let's say you made $100,000 in this year. You paid income tax on $100,000, your regular paycheck. Now you can reduce it by $3,000 because you have capital losses. So the 3000 of your capital losses every year can be applied to capital gains. So it's not a good idea to sell good stocks to get capital gain just so you can offset the losses. Because next year, you may need those losses. What if you have a great year and you want to sell a stock next year and you don't have any capital losses because you used them all up this year? No, you want to keep them. You want to hold on to them. If, you know, it's, it's not a good idea to sell your, your winners against them. Okay, Lee? Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you, Lee. David in Sonoma. How you doing, David? Hey, Steve, how are you? Good, Uh, thank you for the call. So I've got a question. I want to piggyback on a gentleman that called in yesterday regarding that the 31-day waiting period. I guess he was trading the same stocks back and forth, but was was, was concerned about any tax implications on the 31 right. day waiting period. So that, that's called the wash is, rule. If you're the, doing wash, that, the wash rule. If you're doing that inside of an IRA, does it make mm-hmm. a difference? No. In an IRA, there, the wash rule does not apply because taxes don't apply. So you don't have to worry about that in an IRA or a 401k or a 403b or a SEP IRA. You know, or any of those types of uh, tax to tax free or tax deferred type of accounts. It's only in your taxable accounts that you got to worry about what is called the wash rule. And the wash rule means if you sell a stock to take a loss, and you want to buy that stock back, you can't sell it today and take the loss and then buy it back tomorrow. You got to wait 30 days and buy it back on the 31st day. Then you can capture the loss. If you buy it right before then. It's washed. There is no there is no loss. It washes away. Okay, David? Okay. Good, good call. Good question. Thank you. Now we're going to go to Cherie. How you doing, Cherie? Steve, how are you doing? Good. Good. Thank you for the call. I have a question and uh, your thoughts on uh, Redfin. Ticker symbol is R as in Richard, B as in David, F as in Frank, and as in Nancy. Redfin. Okay, Redfin Corporation, everybody, provides a residential real estate database and brokerage services via redfin.com and its mobile application. This is the problem I have with Redfin. They don't make money. They never made money. They're not going to make money next year. They're going to lose 86 cents next year after losing 54 cents this year and 19 cents a share last year. Their sales is strong, though. Their sales growth is strong. They're growing about 30%. 
So the most recent quarter, $140 million in sales. The quarter before that, 142. The quarter before that, 80. The quarter before that, 95. So their sales growth is pretty, pretty good. But since they don't make any money, I don't like buying stocks that don't make money. That's one of my pet peeves. That doesn't mean you as an investor can't make a lot of money on stocks that don't make money. But philosophically, I don't like to own businesses that don't make money. Now, I'll tell you on a chart, this looks like it bottomed right around right around 14, a little bit below $14. It looks like that's the bottom you know, on a chart. But, you know, the sales have to keep increasing and they, I don't, they don't, they're not going to make any money here. So, and it's a fairly new company to what it came out in 2017. And ever since it's come out, it's done, it's gone down. Sheree, I, I probably look for something stronger. Fundamentally. Okay. More Thank for, you for the call. day trading. Well, you could use it. It's volatile. You can use it as a day trading vehicle. Sure, you can do that, but not as an investment vehicle. You know, to invest in just long term. No. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I want to invite you to join me and Justin tonight on our free live webinar. It will be at 6:30 p.m. Pacific time. So I'll be ending the show at five pacific time then an hour and a half later we'll be on back on the air doing a webinar you're you're invited we'd love to have you on there we'd love to have you coming board we're going to talk about what's going to happen 2019 so to be a part of the free webinar and it's live remember at 6 30 you have to register you have to register at investtalk.com that's investtalk.com with two t's investtalk.com. Now I'm taking your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where their commitment to reason and common sense guidance can help make you a better investor. 2018 is almost over, and if you're unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for individualized guidance. Start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Dana Point, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Time to give me a call. We'll talk about anything that you want. To, anything financial. Be happy to discuss it. Anyways, is it time to start investing in emerging market currencies? Is America, emerging markets finally been beat up enough where in 2019 they might eventually turn around? And my gut feeling tells me it might be it might be because they've been beaten up so much that it might be time to consider tipping, putting your toe, dipping your toe into a, into emerging market uh, markets out there. You're going to have to be careful. I'm not suggesting jumping in with both feet. I'm just saying that when something really gets beat up over a long period of time, there's going to be a rebound. There's going to be a rebound, and I'm just considering emerging markets as a possibility for 2019. 
Now, they still could get beat up more. I mean, don't think that that it can't happen. It can. Um, and you really, emerging markets, you know, are we, I have, almost the year I've been pretty negative on anybody who's called and asked about them. But as I looked at them the last few days and determined, you know, what's happened to them and the strength or weaknesses of the economy out there, emerging market economies, there's certain economies that look pretty good to me. Uh, for instance, I, I kind of like Brazil. Um, I don't, I, I'm not, I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do, but I kind of like Brazil at this point. But it's still too early. Still to look at the ETF Brazil's EWZ, by the way. And you can see it double bottomed in the middle of the year at around $31 a share. Then it started to recover and move up. And now it's been on the last couple of months slowly moving back down. But that might be because it's in sympathy with our market. But it hasn't been moving down as fast as our market has. It's been holding up pretty decently. Those are the kinds of thought processes I go. So now we now we want to go to Brazil, That if you were going to consider Brazil. And let's go look at the fundamentals of the companies there. Because EWZ, a big portion of EWZ is just in a very few companies. And maybe that's not what we want. Or maybe it is what we want. So we look at we look at the holdings of that ETF. It, it's a process, people. You just don't you know make a decision off the cuff. Off the cuff, you you look at it and decide. Look at it carefully. Look at the fundamentals. Okay. Now let's go ahead and grab another question that came in earlier at eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hey Steve and Justin, I'm from Virginia and I have a couple questions for you. I am currently invested in my 401k, the Target Fund, which is like, you know, currently investing a lot in the stock market and so it's going to move to the bonds. So the question is, you know, now that the market is all down, I've been wanting to move the money into a total stock market fund or some S&P 500 ETF that might be available in my 401k options. I don't even know if it's possible, but do you think it's a good idea to slowly, slowly take the money out from whatever I have and put it in the total market fund or S&P 500 ETF, something like that? And the second question is more of a general question where I wanted to know, you know, people always say, cut your losses short. So how does that work with the long-term investment strategy? Thank you. I'll be listening to the podcast. Okay, um, let's do let's deal with your first question, your 401k. You, I think you said you have target-dated funds, and there's and it sounds like you're fairly young, so I would recommend not being in target-dated funds no matter what. And I would prefer to see you, if that is the case, I would prefer to see you in, in index funds. So I would say, yes, move slowly over into the index funds, or fast, depending on the target-dated fund you have. I'd have to take a look at it and see what's in it. Um, but I would prefer you, if you have many years in your investment life, to move to index funds, S&P 500, the NASDAQ or the Dow, whatever index funds that you have. Um, and I would prefer those. Now, we've had a pretty good correction, so you could move some now. Now, the other question you have was... Uh, uh, don't uh, don't let your losses run. That's more talking about individual stocks 
and that if the fundamentals are deteriorating and there's just not, you feel like the, the stock is just is not going to recover, then don't let the loss continue to run down, hoping and wishing and praying that it's going to bounce. There is a big problem out there that most people have this mental block in their head that says, I'm going to wait till I get even before I get out because I don't want to face this loss. I don't, it's not real until I actually sell the stock and then I have the loss. No, it's real. It's real on paper. It's real. You don't invest by saying, I want to wait till I get even. That's not a good way to invest. So you don't let your losses run. If you're a trader, you never let your losses run. You let you take those losses quickly if you're a trader. If you're a, a, law, a buy and holder, it's more the fact that the buy and hold stocks that you have, not the indexes, we're not talking about that, but the individual stocks that you have, something fundamentally has changed with the company and it's no longer a good idea to be a buy and holder. How, how, can, that, how can that happen? Okay, uh, let's talk about General Electric. Fundamentally, things changed dramatically over the last few years. So it's no longer a good buy and hold stock. It hasn't been one for a while. Um, let's talk about, let's see, what else is no longer valid? Oh, Xerox used to be a buy and hold forever. Xerox Corporation. But what happened? Cheaper, better copiers were coming from Asia, Japan, and other places. And they could not compete. So you don't want to let that loss run forever. That kind of thing. That's the kind of thinking you have to have. You always look at your stocks. You never, you never, you know, you, you, when they start to fall apart, you got to figure out why. Why? And are you in dead money? And you, it would be better to take your loss and move on. That's the question you asked yourself. Okay, this is a, I had a uh, opinion uh, that there was not going to be a bear mark in 2019. And I read this article. And read the opinion, and I can I can understand their arguments, and I think we're probably pretty much already in a bear market. But that's beside the point. They don't think we are. Why? What, what were their arguments? That's really what I wanted to get to. And the arguments are valid. First, first of all, the economy is not going to fall into a recession. Probably not, but it is going to slow. Earnings will continue to expand for corporations. They probably will grow, but they'll grow much less than they did last year. So the, the, the growth is going to shrink. Those two things are pretty good headwinds, but they're arguing that because they're still growing, earnings still growing, and the economy is still expanding, that there shouldn't be a bear market. Now, historically, there have been bear markets that did not have a recession. You can have a bear market with no recession. Right now, you could argue we're in one. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. Our program is winding down, but we still have about 10 minutes. And remember, please, we keep our anytime listener line open 24 hours a day around the clock. You can call and ask any questions. Just leave it on, leave it on the recording, and we'll get to it the next day. On the next Invest Talk, concerns of trade war have brought an unexpected bonus more trade. West Coast ports are busy as retailers push to beat new tariffs, but this could change soon. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Michael from Reno, Nevada. 
taken a look at Kraft Heinz Company, the symbol KHC. I'm not understanding why this stock is falling so precipitously and continuously. It pays a good dividend, seems to be a solid company, but it's been going down for the last year or maybe even more. just want to know your thoughts on the stock, whether I should get in at this point or if you expect it to continue. Okay, uh, this is Kraft Heinz, symbol KHC, Mace Food products such as beverages, cheese, convenience. I think uh, Warren Buffett owns this stock. Uh, grocery store products sold worldwide. They're going to make $3.73 and it's a $43 stock. And the reason why it fell hard is pretty much based on evaluations. I mean, when it was an $80 stock, I mean, that was back in 2017. An $80 stock going to make $3.65. It's 20-something PE for a very slow, no-growth company. A slow, no-growth company should not be selling more than a 15 PE, which is the average. As a matter of fact, it probably should be selling a little bit less than 15 PE. With F, you know, F15 PE is the S&P long-term average. It's going to make $3.73 next year. Okay? That, okay, what's a 15 PE? About right where it is, maybe $45, $50. So it's fairly valued right now. <laughs> so now it's fallen all this year to get to this point where it's now fairly valued. Nothing wrong with the company. Sales growth is 1%, 2% or flat, you know, and it can drop 1% or 2% on some quarters. It's just not, you know, it's just the return on equity is only 7 So it shouldn't be, you buy this for the dividend. Pays a 5.7% dividend. That's about what? $2, $2.50, somewhere in there, and earns $3.73 and has a cash flow of $4.16. So, yeah, it can support that dividend. You buy this for that reason. Now, is it bottomed? Is it done? Well, it's probably oversold. And it's awful close to being done, in my opinion, as far as going down. Now, if we go into a, a full on recession, uh, all bets are off, but I think it's pretty darn close. Okay, now, did we cut that 1,000-point run up yesterday and then a 300-point rebound after being down 500 points today and then up, you know, uh, the, the, what, 260 points? Does that mean that we're done with our sell-off? And there's a various opinions on that. Some people this is, think this is a bear market trap. It's getting people to come back in and then it's going to roll over and go down. That there's no difference than there was a week ago or a month ago. Some people, you just heard me read one article saying that, you know, they this, this, this economist believes that since the economy is growing and earnings are still growing, but just much less, that the stock market will be fine in 2019. This person feels just the opposite. And what do they what do they uh, what do they base it on? They base it on increasing rates at the Federal Reserve. Uh, they base it on a China uh, U.S. trade battle, which probably will not get settled. That's what they think. It's not going to be settled. So there's various opinions out there as to what's going to happen. I myself. I go to the fundamentals and I say, well, what about fundamentally? Well, right now the stock market is selling at an overall fundamental rate, uh, a fundamental PE of 
15, which is the long-term average. So right now, it's barely, fairly valued. That doesn't mean it won't go down, but what it's telling me is it's no longer overvalued. Okay, so we don't have to worry about that. In a recession, just to remind you, PEs, price earnings ratios, go up in recessions and the stock market goes down and buying stocks in recession is the best time. And that sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? Well, you got to remember the, P, the E part in a recession disappears, goes away, shrinks, whatever, because we're in a recession. So that drives, so even if the stock price comes down, the P.E. ratio still could be quite high because the earnings is disappearing. Very interesting stuff. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, everybody. And I thank you for your support and all your questions. I do appreciate it. I want you to have a great evening. I'll be back tomorrow with the final trading day of 2018. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 